0: Hi there, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Bridging the Digital Divide. This is a very special episode. I know all of them are, but this one is particularly special because we're doing a three way Zoom. I'm in the podcast studio. Brad, hello, Brad. Hi, Lisa. He is at home. You're at home, Brad.
1: I'm at the library. I work Wednesday nights. Oh, you're at so the I'm library. Down, like down the street from Right you know. up the
0: street. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then we have with us our distinguished guest this evening, uh, who is from the Perkins School for the Blind, Mr. Corey Cadlick.
2: Welcome, Corey. Hello, I'm over in Framingham, Massachusetts. That's Ooh. where I live.
0: Well, if you start driving now, you should make it by June. You know, with the the weather, right? So tonight's... uh, Craziness. Yeah, I know it. So today's topic on our podcast is going to be uh, technology and disabilities. We're going to do a bunch of series on all of the disabilities that are out there, as many as we can cover from a technology standpoint. And this one is going to be about blindness. So we thought we would try to get somebody to come and sort of shed some light on what's available technology-wise and how the world kind of deals with blindness and how we can help folks to cope better with that. So Corey, you're from the Perkins School for the Blind and your title there is Assistant Technology Specialist. Is that correct?
2: Assistive. So Assistive Technology Specialist. So that's what I do. Ah. I help people download books, um, but it's Assistive Technology Specialist. Oh,
0: Assistive. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so what does that really mean and what
2: do you do? So it basically means that I am the person that people call. So let me start. Sure, go ahead. From the beginning. So I work in a library. Our library is part of the National Library Service. What does that mean? It basically means that we are a network library uh, among uh, 56 other states and territories within the country. And we basically send materials to folks who are blind, visually impaired, or otherwise physically handicapped hmm. and I don't want to go too far into that, but physically handicapped means you can have, you can have a temporary disability. You can have uh, cancer. You can have anything that, that affects you to not be able to read a book. We can basically serve you. Cool. That's great. So we send out books throughout the, the Commonwealth. We have 27,000 patrons and we send those books to them on an audio cartridge which is pretty much a thumb drive that they can then put in a machine and especially designed for the cartridge and they can play the books. The books are encrypted. They can only play them on the, the player and our app, but I help people download materials from our website. Mm. That is what I do. Okay. So I'm sort of there to provide the support um, beyond the physical materials. Okay,
0: Corey, let me ask you, what would be the benefit to having that rather than having a braille book at home? What's the benefit to having the cartridge, the listening portion instead of the actual physical mind work of doing the braille? Is that it?
2: Well, we need to realize that most folks who are losing who who are blind have lost their sight later in life. Mm. They have macular degeneration. They have RP retina um, uh, RPs. Um, they have you know many different things that can affect them. But most folks who have lost their sight, it happens later in life. Hmm. It's not usually it's not something that happens early in life. Yes, there are children who are blind, of course, but most of the folks in the world who are blind, have lost their sight later in life. So they they don't have time to learn Braille. They don't okay. have the opportunity to to learn it. And they're confused and they're scared. And so we're there to sort of pick them up and and, right. and make it better for them.
0: And I would imagine it's frustrating um, when you begin to lose your sight, trying to learn all these new things and cope with all of that. And then we say, let's learn Braille too. Probably frusta- mm-hmm. frustrating for folks.
2: We don't throw... We never ask people never expect first of all we're not a school we the library portion of where i work at at the perkins school we are not we are on the campus but we're actually part of the ne- the national library service so we happen to be on the campus we are technically i guess paid by perkins but we are you know a department on campus but at the end of the day we are we are basically um, not separated, that's not the right right word. But we're we're together but we're we're different in a lot of ways.
0: Kind of like a junctive, I guess, would be the word yeah. you would use. Yep. yep. Okay. Brad, how do you feel what Corey's talking about would impact the Wilmington library? What do we have in the Wilmington, Massachusetts Library for our blind constituents? What do we have?
1: We really don't have much. I don't know whether it's like we don't have the call for it or we don't know that we have patrons who would be of use of it. Um, our our audio book f- our collection has really taken off in recent years. And like Corey was saying, a lot of the people uh, that come in for like the audio books really like them. They're not, nothing fancy like, uh, like I'm sure Corey has in uh, the thumb drive. They're just like books on CDs and stuff like that. But I mean, I could see where that additional layer would be helpful because, I mean, sometimes it's difficult to like, especially books on CD, right? Because they're different discs and swapping the discs has got to be challenging. So we have we have a pretty big um, book on CD collection and our large print book is... Um, is is not that big, but it is fairly popular. And so, I think co- to Corey's point that um, there's there's a spectrum of of blindness, whether how much people can see or when they lost whatever degree of sight that they had. Mm. So it, it's it's interesting to hear him talk about uh, that the thumb drive. That's an interesting. Bit of technology, right? Right. That's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I mean, the Perkins School itself began in 1829, and one of their most famous students, which I think most people know, is Helen Keller. Um, yeah. Do you happen to know, Corey, when the library became on campus? Do you know when that happened?
2: I believe it was early 1900s. So it started with World Ooh. War <clears> One. <throat> Pretty much, um, it started with just folks who were newly blinded due to the war, and that's what it was for many years. And then they started to branch out to folks who were uh, had other disabilities, and even in the past year, we've actually expanded that. So, for years, when you wanted to sign up someone who was dyslexic, we had to get a doctor's note. Wow. Um, now, now we can use other professionals, uh, sort of, uh, their they can sign off on it. They can say, okay, so. Uh, Joey, little Joey's fourth grade, he's having trouble reading, um, this would benefit him. Um, that's something we can, depending on the the person, we can accept that language. So the language is more expensive now. We can accept more people than ever. And that's what we're trying to push now is because so many people for years, oh, the the blind and physically handicapped. Well, it's not just blind, it, it is blind, physically handicapped, and cognitive and developmental and anything else any other issue issue or disability that um, affects someone's reading we can accept that's,
0: that's fascinating yeah. yeah so so then it's so then how would I guess that's a big umbrella is what I'm thinking because you're talking about what you talked about initially was the special way that people could take the thumb drive and you know listen to books. What technology would you have for a dyslexic?
2: So we we just offer the audiobooks. That's that's our major thing for someone outside of blindness. We offer the audiobooks. We offer uh for those who are uh older and out of out of school we do offer a free bookshare Mm. membership bookshare is the largest accessible library of uh the largest library of accessible books in the world so we're almost a million pieces of material and those are daisy format which are digital uh i can't (laughs) at <laughs> this point. I always forget Daisy. We have brandy. He'll put it on the
0: companion uh, page. Don't worry. He'll put it
2: up there. Yes. Yeah. But but it pretty much means that you can sign anyone up who's a patron of ours to get the books in, in Bookshare's format, whether it be braille, Word doc, because Bookshare uh offers a bunch of different options in terms of books, in terms of formats as well. So you can do Word doc, you can do um Daisy, you can do Braille. So there's lots of options. So that is a major thing we offer to a lot of our patrons who are uh, blind, physically handicapped or dyslexic or, you know, have you.
0: So it sounds like you're part of a consortium, kind of like, Brad, talk to us about the consortium and how that relates to what Corey is talking about, because it sounds very similar.
1: Yeah, it's great because like you're not limited to your one physical building and so Cory was saying that all the states and territories in the United States are part of the national what was it sorry national national
2: library, library service, service. NLS.
1: thank you sir um so that means that all the catalogs from all the libraries that are part of this consortium are available to people I, now I know that's the way it works with like we're part of the Merrimack Valley consortium so like our library uh, has access to lend out books from the 35 other libraries. Is is, is that the same for, for you guys, Corey?
2: So yes, so everything we have available um, physically on the shelf. So we have over five miles of material, braille, mm-hmm. audio, but we also cannot carry everything that's actually available. Right. So they can come from interlibrary loan, which means it comes from our multi-state center Uh, out west, Mm -hmm. or you can download from our BARD system. Now BARD stands for Braille and Audio Reading Download Service. For a lot of you, that might just be ARD, Audio Mm -hmm. Reading Download. Now, A lot of people won't use the Braille portion, but that's okay. Now what that means is you go onto the website, our NLS BARD website, and you download a book and you read it. Now that's really cool because you don't have to wait for something to come in the mail. Mm-hmm. Right. Because when, when something is, isn't on our shelves, we have to either make it ourselves, create the cartridge,
1: yeah.
2: or we have to go to the interlibrary loans and wait weeks for it to come in. Mm-hmm. So BARD is huge because people can then just download it themselves. Christmas Eve, you wanna you wanna listen to Charles Dickens Christmas Carol? Yeah. Go ahead and do that. Yeah. That's fine. It's gonna be there. We're not we're not there, but you can download that. Okay.
0: How many of your patrons have a Brailler, which is the, advi- the device that actually reads Braille for them or makes things into Braille? How, how many of your patrons have one of those at home?
2: Uh, the percentage is going to be low just because most of our patrons, like I said, lose their sight later in life. And they just they don't have the capacity to learn Braille or they don't want to. Right. They just don't want to. Like what's what's easiest? Do you sit there and listen to something? We can all hear stuff. Right. We've heard things for years. Nothing's changed. But learning, an I don't want to call Braille a language because it's not. Mm-hmm. But learning something new that involves touching, uh, learning to read the dots and feel things. Uh, there's. It's not easy. It's not right. easy. So most of our patrons are actually audio readers. So okay. being a being a Braille reader. Yeah, there's there's a good chunk of them, young kids. Uh, many of our patrons are are older, have lost their, have lost their sight as young children, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But a majority of the people we work with are actually have lost their sight later in life.
0: Okay, what challenges do you face at the library as far as keeping the technology up to date and serving your patrons? Are you facing funding issues? What what's going on for you guys?
2: We're always looking for funding because technology, especially assistive technology, is expensive. So if you want a Braille display, you know, a Braille display, which is the device that shows the contents of Braille on it uh, between as small as 12 cells, that's 12 characters, and as large as 80 cells or 80 characters, um, is expensive, thousands of dollars. So we're always looking for funding. Um, But we're a lucky library. I'm gonna be honest. We are very lucky because we are on the Perkins campus. We are partially funded by the school. Mm-hmm. We get some money from them, but the majority of what we get comes from uh, from NLS and from other, other places. Okay.
0: And the technology you were mentioning—Are you saying that it actually reads Braille to the the patron? Is that what you're telling me? It kind of no. It's
2: actually it it shows the characters on a essentially a screen. Okay, it's pins, little pins that come up, and they can read the Braille. If they know Braille, they can then read it.
0: I see. Okay, but without that technology, obviously, it would just be an audio portion, right? Exactly. So, what's available for someone who's challenged by both of both deafness and blindness? What's available for them?
2: Uh, Braille is the way to go. Most most right. folks who are deaf and blind uh, learn Braille at a young age, and they that's how they communicate. So, someone would. For example, there are devices that can communicate back and forth and send uh, content both ways. So from, from the hearing person to the deaf person um, via Braille. Mm-hmm. And then when it's going back to the, the person who can hear, they then see it in print. So it back translates. Fascinating.
0: How long have you been with the Perkins Library?
2: I've been with Perkins for about six years. Okay. So a little bit about myself.
0: Yes, I let's was do born blind. <laughs> I
2: was born premature, ROP, retinopathy prematurity. I went to Perkins for years, uh, for 11 years. Um, I grew up in Medway, Mass. When I left Medway Public Schools at uh, first grade, the school decided, we can't really help you at this point, so please go to Perkins, and I was very upset. Mm. Yeah. Of course, I didn't want to leave my friends, my right. mom made yeah. me a deal, like, go to Perkins, <laughs> do well, and you can go back to public school. So that's what I did. I went back to public school. Oh, wow. I was a little bit older. I was uh, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So um, finished up public school, went to Roger Williams University, got a communications degree, mm-hmm. and now I am here thanks to my wonderful boss, my boss Kim, I've known her since I was a child. And she really had faith. I remember sitting at home um, looking in quotes, looking for jobs, mm-hmm. but I knew this is what I wanted to do, and I knew I wanted to work for Kim. And my mom kept saying, like, "Yeah, you, you're looking, right? You know, you're doing your, you're doing your thing. You're, you're looking for work. well, yeah, mom. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I knew it was going. I, I had faith in Kim, and so I was home for about nine months. But uh, everything fell into place, and I'm very lucky that I am where I am now, and wow. i thoroughly
0: It sounds like they're lucky to have you as well. What technology changes have you seen in the last six years? Have things pretty much still the same old, same old, except for the audio portion? Are we making strides in the world? What What are we doing as a universe to kind of make things easier for folks who are challenged with this?
2: So there's a lot of, these days, machine learning and OCR, which stands for optical character recognition. So there are devices that can and and apps that can read your mail, for example. I get up every day and go to my mailbox and get my mail out of the out of the mailbox and go and, and read it with my phone. My phone can then read the content and I can then know what it says. There's also visual interpreting. I would interpreting. like that for myself. I don't sure. that sounds sure. great. And what else did were you saying? There's also visual interpreting. So what that means is there are apps that can actually, you connect to a person and that person can see your screen, your camera, mm-hmm. and help you with whatever task you might wanna do, whether that be read, read more mail or uh, get around. I've used it to get around Fenway Park, for example. Um, that is the next big thing is the visual interpreting and the machine learning. I mean, you can go on Facebook now and, your phone will try to describe a picture to you. Mm. Six years ago, that was not a thing. It was just, it was just image, 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 image. Now <laughs> it's going to say image may contain grass, tree. You know, it's not great, mm. but it's, it's crazy. It's, it's amazing.
0: So let me ask the, the most obvious question. So if you say that you were blind from birth and it says image is tree, how do you assimilate that? That what a tree is. How do you do that?
2: Well, I, I do it by touch, so I know what a, t- a tree feels like. I've touched a tree, oh, okay. I've, touched, I've climbed a tree. I mean, obviously color, you know, I know that tree is green. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what green looks like necessarily, but it's just the words to me, that's yeah, right. how it comes together. And I
0: mean, I, I think people have told me they can feel colors, like certain colors feel warmer or softer. I don't know if that's true or not.
2: I think to folks who could see before, Yes. You know, my wife's over in the corner over there and, you know, feeling colors. Um, I don't know if that's something that she would say. She could feel colors. Can you feel uh, <laughs> colors? Daisy? We have a fourth guest. <laughs> can you feel colors? Like, is it warmer, colder?
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't.
2: She doesn't feel them, but she
0: can imagine them. Yeah. You can imagine what that is. So the reason I'm asking you that is because, it, yeah, in the movie Mask, there was a scene where he helps a blind girl, um, and he kind of puts uh, cotton in her hand, and he says, "That feels soft," and she feels it. He says, "That's fluffy," and that's like what a cloud is. So uh, it sounds to me like you're using different cues within your mind to it's assimilate words. It's the words. the concept. The sky. The
2: sky is blue. Right. Fire truck is red. I mean, I just I don't. That's all I have.
0: Right. 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 Fascinating. Fascinating.
2: I've talked to people who lost their sights in the early '90s, and they say. I have dreams about pickup trucks from 1995 because that's all I know. Yeah, I can't go any further. (laughs) But you know, if you, I mean,
0: if you can still assimilate it, I don't, I don't know that that's crucial to you
2: to be able to. It's not, I don't, I, not to be, not to be weird or, or dismissive, but I don't care. It doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter. Right. And I'm glad you're my wife. She can, she can really see, she can really sort of feel that. She can picture I, I don't picture that like we tell we go we went to the furniture store um a couple months ago and this woman was describing different uh was buying a couple nightstands You just bought a house Congratulations. and we were walking through thank you we were walking through the store and this woman was describing things and i'm like heck if i care like i don't and my wife's like oh i get it i understand i understand what you're saying i'm like You do? Good for you, because I don't, you know? Right, right. You know, whatever it might be, you know, it's crazy. But I I have no reference, really. Okay.
0: What is on your wish list if I said, here's a million dollars, get something for the Mm -hmm. library or for yourself to help with technology? What's upcoming that you really want?
2: I want machine learning to get better. I want to be able to navigate a world without a human like I I am fine with a cane I love my cane it gets me around mm-hmm. but I want to like people have these ideas someone uh, a company out in Sweden or something like that was trying to make this device or this app that would tell you when the red the, the light's green or the light's red you can cross the street yeah I was thinking about but that. that is so that is so rudimentary mm. and, and Really does nothing honestly we need something that does everything um shows you where the street uh is where the sidewalk is where Hmm. the the store oh that's it's it it should be able to tell me that's the pizza shop versus that's the the nail salon right right it needs to be um maybe
0: more intuitive
2: i guess more intuitive but but also have be smarter Mm. and it's going to happen oh it's absolutely going to happen happen.
0: because you were talking about um something similar to the see me app you were just saying about how you navigated fenway park this see me app is similar to that a person is on the other end of the line and you hold up the phone with the camera and it can see and it can tell you things so as long as there's people on the other end willing to do that or it could even be brad could it be a computer that would do that could a computer well, so do that? He's kind of
1: talking about the machine the machine learning and artificial intelligence. It's So it's funny because computers and technology is so sophisticated in one sense, but in other sense, like Corey's saying, it's dumb. You know, it's, it's, it's really not dumb. there yet. It's really so dumb. it's got a long way to go, but it, it yeah. is there because they're really pushing a lot of this kind of stuff. And it's... It's really about uh, a matter of like big data. So you just need to feed these machines millions or billions of examples of like to recognize the pizza shop versus the nail salon. You right. Know,
2: so because- what's the big data? So the big data to me is Google. As much yeah. as we don't like that Google has our information, wow. yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, but they're trying to work on something right now. This was God three or four years ago they started this. They want to be able to have a system. That you can call a number. So you want to make a reservation. You call this number. You open this app. And you talk to, in quotes, someone. Mm-hmm. You're not talking to someone. Mm-hmm. You're talking to their computer. But it's so realistic. So that it 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 can make decisions on the fly. Yeah. You know, timing. And it's just, it's mind-boggling what you can mm-hmm. do. But we'll, also what we can't do yet. You know,
0: right? I I would think too when you're using the pizza, you know, nail salon model we've created here. Right? The thing that would concern me is businesses change so quickly. How fast in real time would Google or another search engine be able to actually update that? For example, I've looked at my house online and it has a car in the driveway that I haven't had for five or ten years because the picture Uh hasn't been updated yet. You know, so in your case, this would have to be in real time. You really believe that's possible?
2: it will be years years you know 20 years but i believe it could be done okay
0: cool sure. so that would be your and we're going to have to up that price to a billion dollars for you, and you to think get about that.
2: and the fact that we're even saying it could be done and it can be done think about when it's before my time but the jetsons and stuff we right we only we only thought of what you know distant future. Now we're saying this is possible. This could be done. Right.
0: I mean, we are three pretty bright individuals. So if we've thought of it, that means somebody else has... As right. well. And Brad yeah. and I talk about Star Trek a lot and how a lot of the things yep. that you see, or, you know, are watched in Star Trek have been created. And, yep. you know, yep. the tricorder and all the things that, you know, I don't think they're beaming anybody anywhere yet, because that'll certainly put JetBlue out of business. But they <laughs> might be able to soon, you know, um, even c- yeah, correcting I, vision. I was talking
2: to my wife the other day, and we're watching <laughs> Downton Abbey. You guys watch that? Sure.
0: Brad's no, not going I to admit that. it. they they
2: won't that's okay but i will um we started watching it she started watching it and basically said you might like this let's start over so i found an audio description which is basically for those of you don't know audio description basically means it describes the content that you're missing uh that isn't uh in the dialogue right basically described in between the dialogue of what's going on so we started watching Downton Abbey, and you know phones. You know, it's crazy to think that you know phones weren't a thing back then, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: You know, right. it's, it's it's they they thought it was the banshee. They True. thought it was the the devil, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Listen, electricity's not the devil's work, you listen, know.
0: Sometimes I think it is myself, but that's a topic yes. for another day, you know.
2: But like, it's crazy to think about how far we've come, and we cannot, we can't stop. We've got to keep going. I agree. I agree. Brad, I think
0: it's time for you to do our food for thought. Would you mind throwing that in right now? Go right ahead. You're good. Great. Right.
1: So we, we didn't actually cover this too much, but it is something that I know that is very popular in the visually impaired community is the screen reading app. The most common that I could find screen, screen reading app is called JAWS, which I did not realize was an acronym and it stands for job access with speech. And it was created by Ted Hunter, a former motorcycle racer who lost his sight in 1978. And wow. the first version of JAWS was uh, was released in 1989. So it took a couple of years for it to get going. But uh now, the, the what the screen reading software would do would be describe like a web page, what links they're looking at, how to navigate a web page without actually being able to see it. Hmm. So you can see, as yeah, a lot of most of our lives are online now. Uh, it would be very useful to be able to get read what is what what is on the screen if you're not going to be able to see it.
0: Cool, Brad. Can you explain uh, for those of us like me who don't know machine language? What is that? When you guys were ta- what is that?
1: Yeah, so machine learning is kind of like the first step to the robot apocalypse that my wife is always afraid of. Okay. Um, so you it has a, basically a series of it's a it's a, a, a bundle of code in it has a line of code to be able to let this machine yes. write new code. And it's basically how a machine can learn without you giving it ex- uh, explicit examples. Uh. So that's why that's why Corey was saying it needs, that the machine learning needs to get better because there's so much that we take for granted that our brain can handle, that a computer can't because the vast majority of applications out there are doing a, a, a set Finite amount of re- instructions, hmm. but with machine learning, that's theoretically infinitely expandable. Okay, and so it can learn without any human interaction, and that's how uh-huh. you get use machine learning to get to AI. Uh-huh. So artificial intelligence. Okay, I like and it. I like strange. it. I like it for you, Corey, but I, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't like this. And I don't
2: mean to be weird. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> but it's okay, we will have sensors maybe not in our brains, but we will have sensors on our heads. We will have, this stuff is going to happen.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, well, you heard it someday. here first, right? <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, Corey, <laughs> let me just ask you a question as an aside, and then we'll get ready for Brad to explain the companion page, and we'll close today, which has been fascinating, a lot of fun to talk to you. So we thank you and your wife for your time. How vital do you feel it is, or do you feel it's important, that you being blind and being part of the library is? How Do, do you feel that it's a good thing or a bad thing?
2: I love my job. I love my job. Um, I just, I, I have so much fun with the folks I work with. And I just, not only fun, but it's rewarding. Mm. You know, folks call me every week and they say, I'm just going to say this. Say it. They say, I, I wouldn't be here. I would probably be, I'd be gone. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here because they're older. They don't know anybody, they, 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 they don't have anything left in their in their minds, in their mm-hmm. minds, mm-hmm. we are all they have left. Now, some of them that might be true, unfortunately, the family's gone, but a lot of them just sort of get to a point where they, they don't have family, they don't have anything to, mm-hmm. to sort of live for. Right. So the fact we can make them happy and, and give them something to look forward to, they look forward to the mail every day. -hmm. Right. So they can get their books. And it makes me emotional and it makes me happy to make them happy. Do you you
0: feel that your patrons feel you understand better than someone who maybe isn't challenged with a sight disability?
2: They usually don't know. Usually, honestly, I get a person, I get a person, well, you know, I'm losing my sight. I'm like, I've been blind my whole life. (laughs) No way. Really? Can you help me? And once they realize, It, it they soften. That they is soften fascinating. Up. Are there any? They're, they're angry. Of you course, know, they're, they're upset. Of course, who they're wouldn't upset? be? It's hard. It's difficult. Yes. You know?
0: Yes. Are there any pet peeves that you want to talk about before we close that we can tell to our sighted community that maybe we can do a better job as sighted individuals to assist? Or to help you feel more independent. I don't want you to speak for the entire blind community, but you know we've got you here. So is there? (laughs) Yeah, tell us what they are. Tell us what they are. So
2: one is don't grab my arm. Right. Ask if you want help. You know, do you need a hand? And don't be offended when someone says no. Oh. Number two, don't, uh, don't basically say that you where's it going with that? Hold on. Where's it going with that? Don't I forget
0: where I was going with that. That's okay. I have done that before, grab, tried to gently grab someone's arm. No one's ever said no to me. Yeah,
2: like no, i I not And
0: I think I would feel funny. But I'd never be too invasive. I'm very careful right. about that. Is there anything out in the world that you have trouble navigating that's a big pet peeve that you'd like to see fixed, that you think could be fairly easily fixed? I mean, you said the red and yellow, blue and yellow light, blue and green, yeah, hello. red, green and yellow light is, is a misnomer for you. It really doesn't do anything for you. Is there anything you really would like to see changed that could... To make your life so much easier I
2: don't know crosswalks could be more straight but you can't that's not going to be perfect why do you say time, that so. why do you say that because there are a lot of offset crosswalks so you go across the street and you know go slightly to the left yeah I, nev- I, nev- I never thought for someone that. who's blind you're trying to go straight so when you're caught off guard you're going you're, you might be going straight right like crosswalk went Slightly to the left you didn't. Interesting.
0: But some of the Google and AI you're talking about could probably help with that. I suppose they have some sort of navigating app. Someday, but it's a long time. Well, I hope we're all here to air quotes see it when it happens and use it when it happens. Brad, Mm -hmm. let's tell the folks about the companion page and a little bit more about what we're gonna be doing in the next few episodes.
1: Yeah, great. So uh, if you go to wilmlibrary.org slash BDD, which is stands for bridging the digital divide, it's much easier to to type in three letters versus however many that is. Mm-hmm. And so we have the current the page that you see when you pull it up will be this the current episode. And then there'll be a list of uh, previous episodes along the along the left so that you can go and listen to those shows as well. At the very bottom, there will be contact form. So if you have any questions. Um, any suggestions for p- future uh, future episodes? Please let us know. Cool. Uh, speaking of future episodes, we I'm try- we're looking into doing um, hearing impaired next. Right. We're trying to go through different technologies for the to make the world more accessible. Right. Um, and Corey was was great to be our first person for Perkins. I was doing some research and I realized that you know I need someone who like has lived it. They can really right. tell us much better than I can because I can explain. Right braille or screen reading software or stuff like that but the stuff that t- that cory has given us today is not something that i would have been able to do
0: yeah
1: so i i thank you so much and thank you for all the work you do because i think that i um the libraries are a service profession that's why i got into it but i don't have the the almost literal life and death kind of uh, circumstances that you deal with right. so thank you for you thank you for be- being a librarian
2: yeah. yeah. And I'm not a librarian. I, I wish I was, but I'm
1: <laughs> You're the, the,
2: the I'm technical, library, so. what did you call yourself? The technical. Assistive technology specialist. Yes. Oh, the there specialist.
0: Yes. You know. I love it. I love it. I, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm thrilled that you were here, Corey, but I, I feel like we need so much more work. I really thought we as a world were a little bit more advanced than we are, and I'm a little disappointed that we're not as yeah. advanced as yeah. we should be. So, we need to get right on that and get some of these things created. I thought there would be, when I was doing the research, I thought there would be lots and lots of new, exciting things. And it seems like right now we have Alexa or, you know, speech activated stuff. We have mm-hmm. smartphones, we have Braille, and we have audiobooks and Jeepers. Mm. We should be able to yeah. do a little better than that. So, let's get yeah, that going. I mean,
2: the, the thing is that it'll happen. It'll happen in time. You know, All it just right. takes time and nothing's...
0: Well, when you get that million dollar check that we talked about, mm-hmm. give us a call and we'll have you on again.
2: Will, do. Will all right.
0: do. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. Thank you, Corey and Mrs. Corey, for being on our show today. And I love that Brad's always here to help me figure out all these different technical things. So as Brad said, if you want to talk to us or you have a show suggestion or a comment, you can do that, um, you know, via the library through Brad's companion page. Or you can write to me at Lisa, L-A-S-A, at W C T V. Org. Thank you guys so much for being with us, and we'll be with you again very soon for another episode of Bridging the Digital Divide.